0: 18 plus. On the front lines of Houston sports. Let's go.
1: You're in the trenches with N.D. Kalou.
2: Welcome in. Happy Friday to everybody out there in Radioland. Make that football Friday. We're here in Texas, the greatest state and the greatest country in the world. And you know, high school football is right now in the playoffs. The best of the best playing. So it is a truly a football Friday here in the trenches. Pumped up about that. College football. We're getting a little closer to getting those college football playoff rankings solidified, which four teams will be playing for the crown and the NFL. The teams are starting to separate themselves. When we always say, yeah, it's too early to get too high, too low. At one point, the Carolina Panthers were 3-0, and people were making reservations for the Super Bowl. And we're like, ah, hold on now. It's it's a little bit bit, uh, early for that. And the New England Patriots, some dumbass host in Houston, Texas, was saying that Bill Belichick isn't all that great. (laughs) Oh, that was me. Uh, And now the Patriots have ripped off five in a row. So definitely now. We're in the meat of the schedule, and the good teams are separating themselves. And speaking of good teams, I know the Atlanta Falcons are a bad football team right now. I know the Atlanta Falcons fan base has pretty much given up on the team. The stadium, the stands, the uh, attendance made the Houston Texans game look like standing room only, if you watched the game last night. But I'm still... Very impressed with what I saw from the New England Patriots beating the Atlanta Falcons 25 to 0. Not just the score, I actually watched the game. Look, just so you know, a goose egg in the NFL, it, that's bad. I, I mean, that's like someone beating you up in an alley and then urinating on you as you lay there. That's something in the NFL as a defense we strived for as an offense it's one thing to lose but then to lose and put up a goose egg the detroit lions that are 0-8 they haven't had a shutout this season so that's how bad that is but let me give credit to Bill Belichick, his coaching staff in that New England defense, and Mac Jones. Mac Jones right now as a rookie, is a very good manager of the games. And I'll say this, that's all you can ask for
3: from a rookie quarterback. But that defense, woo, look, look at what <laughs> they've they, done. They look good. Look what they've done the last three weeks. At Carolina versus Cleveland and at Atlanta. Six points, seven points, 0, zero points. I mean, I don't care who he is. That's, those are all NFL teams. And you're not playing the Texans in there. I mean, you're playing some actually competent offenses. So uh, to hold all three of those teams seven points or less, that's that's impressive.
4: Good morning, first of all. Good morning. Uh, you said they're not playing the Texans. The Atlanta Falcons are the NFC version of the Texans. That The, the Atlanta Falcons are. That, that's why. They're you better. They got four you, wins. They beat the Saints two weeks ago. Hey, you didn't hear me coming here uh, hooping and hollering after the Cowboys beat them because I was like, well, that's what they're supposed to do. What I'm looking forward to seeing is how – this New England Patriots team is going to be within the next couple of weeks. They got the Bills twice. They play the the Colts, I think. And they play, Titans. They play the Titans. So, like, they're about to play. Are talking about the Patriots? The, well, so, I
2: said it. So, they have the Titans, the Bills, the Colts, and the Bills again. So but, they, that, yeah. but
3: they finish with the Jags and the Dolphins. Yeah. So, right. so, if well, the division's on the line. Now, now
4: wait a minute now. Because, one, you know. The, wait, do they play at, at Miami or in New England? In Miami. Oh, so, you know how they had. Even when uh, Tom Brady was there, for some reason, when they go to Miami, they always have difficult games there. And if you look at it, that Miami defense isn't playing too bad, so that that could be a loss as well.
2: It, it could be. I mean, it's the NFL. Especially if we if we haven't learned anything from the last two weeks, if we haven't learned that the adage, any any given Sunday, anyone can beat anyone, then we're just not going to learn it. So wh- when I wrote down the Patriots have the Titans, Bills, Colts, Bills coming up, first of all, that's a tough schedule. There are no yeah. gimmies right there. And the Bills, they're taking on the Colts, the Saints, the Pats, and then the Bucks. The, those two teams, we're probably looking at, arguably the most interesting race for the divisional title in the NFL right now when you look at the AFC East, because going into the season, the thought, oh, it's going to be the Buffalo Bills to so run away with it, especially the way the Patriots started the season. Again, they're on a five-game win streak, so they were 2-4 and four before they started that win streak, and they're 5-0 and oh on, on the road. Something about yeah. the road. It Wasn't it the Astros? They were pretty strong, was it, last year on the road as opposed to home? So, yeah, this is a team to watch. It's going to get interesting, but I'm – for the remainder of the season, and we're going to do our picks. But I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, this team's not going to beat this. It's, you, you just can't say that anymore. Well, look,
3: look at what Buffalo's got the next couple weeks, though. They got the Colts. They got, they're got they at the Saints on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. night. They got New England twice. They still got to play at Tampa. But then they finished with the Falcons and the Jets the last two weeks. So, no, this these next few weeks are going to be interesting because everybody – how many people picked – did y'all pick the Bills in the Super Bowl? I think a lot of people just penciled the Bills in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl – uh, they might not even win that division because New England's playing so well. And that's why if I'm if I'm
4: the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, I'm going in this morning and saying to them, man, look, I understand that that was two weeks ago, but this is why we can't lose to a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is why we can't lose because New England is right on the, – like they really can't mess up at all anymore. You, if, you can't say that, though. You say you saying that this morning? I, I, I'm, I'm making you, I'm making reference to how every game is important. I'm not I'm not saying that hey man we laid an egg. Blah blah blah. I'm just saying, and this is why every game is important because we're only one game one loss away from being tied with the New England Patriots. So, Coach Sarge,
2: <laughs> yes. you're walking into the meeting room, and that's what you're bringing up. I, I don't think they know that. They're like you. They're like Chris. They're like me. They're looking at their phone. They watched the game yesterday. And they're like, ooh, they're coming. So I don't know if going back and bringing up two, what happened two weeks ago is going to help your team. I just got re- to reiterate. It's one game at a time. One game, one play, one snap at a time. Sarge. No way. That's yeah. why I'm reiterating. Like, hey, man, look. <laughs> I told y'all.
4: Yeah, yeah. See so See what happens when you go in there and underestimate an opponent and we drop the game and now look at Now we got to look at this team that's right behind us that we got to play Cause what if they split with them? Like that Jacksonville game could it's come back to haunt them. Yeah. It,
2: it's gonna it's gonna come back to haunt them. All right, let's bring this thing back home because you said that the Atlanta Falcons were the Houston Texans of the NFC. A little hyperbole there, but the Houston Texans did something yesterday. This is my squad. <laughs> I love I look I love what they do in the community. Like the family truly puts uh the community out there and they try to do great things in the city. But little things that on top of losing, and you talk about setting a culture, you have a quarterback that's not good enough to play quarterback. <laughs> so what do you do when 99.9% of the teams around the NFL, hey, man, you're cut, you're released, you've had a great career when you factor in what you've done in college, you made a little money. Peace. You don't have to go home, but you have to get out of here. That, that's what they tell you. I've been told that twice in my career, <laughs> in my 12 years. But with Jeff Driscoll, you know what they say? Eh, you know what? You're, you're not good enough to play quarterback, but – uh. <laughs> God dog it, you might be good enough to play tight end. And they move him to a tight end position in the NFL. You have guys that have played four years of tight end, Division One A football, that are sitting out at home, that are at Plex working out with Danny Arnold, that are waiting for that phone call to get a shot, to be put up on someone's practice squad as a tight end so they can show what they can do, so they can de- further develop their skills. But the Texans said, hey, Jeff Driscoll, you know what we figured it out every other team around the NFL was wrong your college was wrong you're in the wrong position we're going to move you to tight end that it's those little things and it's minor he's on practice squad it's not like he's taking plays away from Brevin Jordan or you know is Jordan Aiken still on the team yes (laughs) okay Jordan Aiken's like Pharaoh Brown is still there but but you know what guys like Pharaoh Brown you know how they were discovered on practice squad the team was like oh he's he's actually pretty good let's no, Favre Brown. Oh, Darren Wells. Is, uh, Fells is actually who I'm thinking of. Darren Fells. is at gone. home. Yeah. yeah. No, he's not at home. Uh, he just got picked up by New England practice squad. But anyway, because he went to Detroit, he went from Houston to Detroit. Then somebody, or maybe Cleveland. The Bucks. Him. Bucks now. The Bucks. I'm all over the place. But my point is. It's not like, oh, it's just practice squad. That's where you want to bring in those guys and find the diamond in the rough. And the fact that they put Jeff Driscoll there, I, I was just
3: shaking. Well, my Tim, head even up. Tim Tebow was insulted because he was like, <laughs> I'm sitting here, man. I'm ready to go. <laughs>
2: right? Uh, like, all jokes aside, for practice squad, and I know Tim <laughs>
3: Tebow wouldn't do practice squad, I would rather see him, him at tight end well, than Jeff Driscoll. So I looked it up because I was curious. Jeff Driscoll ran a four five six forty 40 at the combine. What year? It's been a while, 2016, <laughs> five yeah, years yeah. ago, but that was way faster than I thought he would be, but uh, tight ends coach Texas tight ends coach Andy Bisch- Bischoff said yesterday, everybody's looking for that Taysom Hill. He's got rare traits, Jeff is on a journey, he has embraced it. It's been noted that his future might not be at quarterback here, but tight end could be his future. We need to stop with the chasing Taysom Hill, because there is only one Taysom Hill, like And there's only one guy who can call plays for Taysom Hill, like Sean Payton, because he's got an innovative playbook, and they call great protections for him and all that. We need to stop chasing this Taysom Hill thing, because every time it's like, oh, let's put this guy back there. No, nobody else can replicate that. This is silly.
4: They say the most high works because, I, you know, I don't know everybody's religious beliefs. but So they say the most high works in mysterious ways. It's really funny because I was standing next to Jeff Driscoll on Monday as we were getting ready to go take our COVID test at NRG, right? They called us in. it's uh, every because normally we don't do it with the players, but mm. because they had to do it on a on an unscheduled day. So I'm standing. He's standing. There, I'm standing there. So I asked the other guy, Cody Davis, I was like, hey. Who is that? <laughs> I've only been covering the team right? <laughs> for
2: two years.
4: I was like, hey, who is that? Because he's because Cody started talking to him. And he was like, oh, that's Jeff Driscoll. I was like, "Huh?" Ah. So when I heard what I heard on yesterday, I'm saying to myself, I don't see that. this. He don't even look like he could play tight end. And but I you understand. Know you know who looks be like. Yeah,
2: but that's not even, not to cut you off, but uh, you know who looked like he could play tight end? God dog, his name's escaping me. The third round pick from a few years ago, they just released him. They said he was built. He played water polo. He
4: was a third round Ka- pick. Kahali Warren?
2: Yeah, he looked like he was <laughs> yes. playing. He couldn't even play. So, j- But they say they it, won't block us,
4: joke. though. You I'm saying to myself? I'm looking like, if you're already saying you're having an issue with tight ends blocking, I'm looking at this guy. I was like, no. I uh, Be honest with you. I didn't even remember he was on the
3: team until they told me who he was. Here's what Bischoff went on to say yesterday. I've heard he runs a 4-4 or 4-5. I know this. When we ran the conditioning test, it was him and Kahali Waring, and everybody else was back there. The guy turns easily in his transitions. He's athletic. When I was in Baltimore, Trace McSorley was our next Taysom Hill. Problem was, he was this tall. Jeff has those traits. He's smart, fast, and athletic. Here's the thing. They never used Trace McSorley. Like, this whole thing about chasing Taysom Hill and Kali, you're, you're talking about, man, this guy's so good. It was him and Collie Warren. He didn't referenced he kind of, Lamar
4: Jackson, too. And I'm saying to myself. No, he
3: didn't. he
4: He, no, he, he didn't. referenced Lamar Jackson. He, and, yes, no, he did. No, he did not. And, and that, I said to myself.
2: bold lie.
4: I was like, what Lamar? Like, how many? Because there's a lot of Lamar Jackson. So, I'm saying to myself, True. which Lamar Jackson you talking about? Because there could be a Lamar Jackson out of Fifth Ward. Who, ref- who referenced Lamar Jackson? Bishaw.
2: No, he did not. It's in the
3: statement. I'm not going to
2: allow you to put that here's out. Here's the man.
3: quote. He's a rare athlete. This is on draft. Jeff Driscoll. This is a guy who ran a 4-5 coming out of college. He has traits you don't often see at that position other than some of the Lamar Jacksons of the world. Oh, you thought I was lying. <laughs> I told you. I'm done. <laughs> no,
2: seriously. <laughs> I, I told hey, you. What do
3: they have to lose at
2: this point? What do they want But that's at not the attitude you need to have when you're building. Like, seriously, we'll talk about it. They're a trying site. to find Lamar. their Taysom Hill, Andy. Come on. That's everybody disrespectful. Everybody to wants Hill. their
3: Taysom
4: Hill. Hey, well, they're talking about Gary, Indiana, Lamar Jackson. In the trenches. <laughs> Smoke Newports. No. <laughs> yeah, it is Newports.
2: Sports talk, 790. You know what? You're going to have to play that when we have Brandon Lane come on next segment because...
5: I'll play I'll play. Uh, well, I can play can another Snoop Dogg song.
2: But it has to have the Snoop in the chorus because oh, that's yeah. my nickname since I've been a beast
5: with these you other songs. Cl- Wouldn't you pick Baylor over Oklahoma? Yes. That's that why was your pick? what I'm saying. That's and, you why said, I'm, and you said the Lions too, didn't you? Didn't no, you I not thought you had the Lions uh, in that Steelers, Steelers game. No, I absolutely did. Okay. Yeah, so I guess Man, you're I kind of off. That's
2: kind of like Saving a kitten from a tree, but then turning around and kicking something. Speaking of kicking something, and this is no joke. Did y'all see that Zach Stacy video? Yeah, that brother's under the. Joke.
4: I watched it once and I couldn't do it. It, it was I, disturbing. Very like, disturbing. He, he should be under the jail. That, that's you know, and I don't want to hear him blame it on CTE. CTE
2: absolutely, nope. I don't want to hear you blame any of that. I hope they find him, whoop his ass. Do, doesn't and it bring come it to justice
3: when you're a football player or military or something? Your body is. I mean, you are. You have strength and all that. Doesn't it come with even a little bit more responsibility to restrain yourself physically because absolutely. you're so much bigger than and, people? Well, First of all. Never hit a woman, exactly. by the way. That's the, 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 the theme. But. but,
2: like, if you and I are fighting, let's say you and I were at a bar, we didn't know each no other. I had no chance. <laughs> no, but my point is I'm not thinking, okay, I'm going to have to back off because my whole life I've been trained. Right. But at the same time, you know, once you knock someone out, it's like, okay, let me let me back off. Like, I've seen situations where a buddy of mine or somebody knocks somebody out and they keep kicking them. I'm like, dog, are you really trying to kill them? Like, yeah. You won, like. Let, well, that What's that adrenaline? Once that adrenaline gets
3: pumping, and you're in, and you're reach that level, it's it takes a lot of self control to pull back. But you should never be in that situation that he was in. This is a Vandy somewhere. dude too. Like, come on, man. With he's he's got a special needs brother. I was reading that he takes care of. Like everything you read about this guy is like he's supposed to be this good dude.
2: And he may be, and I know one bad decision, but the way he did that—that—that's in him. Like that's, nah, he—he's he's a punk.
4: And the way he did it, Indy, lets you know that he's been doing it. Oh,
3: he's done it before. He's, he's
4: yeah, because he was too
3: comfortable. Right. they said the girl's reaction was like it wasn't like, oh my god, what are you doing? She acted like, here we go. This again. has happened before. Yeah. yeah,
2: nah, somebody like that needs to go under the jail. Um, y- y'all completely. Can I tell you why I'm depressed today, Indy?
3: Let me guess. Is it a sports reason? <laughs> <laughs> the the LSU head coaching search rolls on and and every couple of days is a new name that services yesterday it was Lincoln Riley and it got, it got me really excited until last night when I heard not one but two different sources of mine tell me that Scott Woodward at LSU still got his eye on Jimbo although it's a long shot now pulling him from A m but that the other name they keep an eye on Bill O'Brien. At Alabama. What did I tell you? That they absolutely love his NFL, you know, his work in the NFL. They love what he did at Penn State. And they think he's a perfect fit for the next LSU
4: head coach. I told you this a couple of weeks ago. Nobody falls upwards more than Bill O'Brien. And I said, this is just a stop for him to go. I told you, Nick, Nick Saban has become a coach's rehabilitation. Oh, you got fired? Don't worry about it. Come here. Stay here for a second, make you look good, and then we'll move on.
3: But how yeah. about you look at what Sark is doing
4: exactly. right now in Texas? You want that? Like, I know. Come like, on. Well,
5: I, I, feel like, I feel like people just want to hire a coaches from Alabama because it's, you can explain it. Like, oh, he was with Alabama, they won national championship, so obviously he has to be a good coach. But in reality, we've seen all these assistants from Saban and Alabama go to other places, and they not many really have made succeeded. I mean, you could look at Kirby Smart. He's done pretty well for himself, but a lot of the other guys are struggling. So, And, and look, for Lincoln Riley, I think the biggest thing is that uh, a lot of people know that he wants to be the next Cowboys head coach. And so if LSU goes out and, and actually gets him, he may be gone in the next two or three years because I don't know if Mike McCarthy is going to be there for three, three more years.
2: Okay, cu- couple things here. If you're LSU, knowing what you know about Bill O'Brien, because I'm assuming you've done your searches – I'm assuming you've done your due diligence. I'm assuming you are smart enough to talk to people from Penn State, the Houston Texans, the New England Patriots. And if you still pull the trigger and hire Bill O'Brien to be your next head coach, you deserve whatever negativity comes your way. Now, let me flip it. If you're a, a recruit and you're thinking of going to LSU and you've done your due diligence on your head coach, how he treats players, how he relates to players, and you go there and then you're upset with how he treats you, that's 100% on you. That would be ridiculous if LSU goes after Bill O'Brien. Now, here's something I'm surprisingly in the minority on this. You brought up Lincoln Riley. Where does Lincoln Riley coach? Oklahoma. Okay, I'm saying that for the listeners. I do know that, or I shouldn't be in front of this mic. To me?
6: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: And when I say minority on this, it's more the thought, the thought, not just uh, this specific case. In my opinion, there's about 20 schools where I'm not saying they're as good or over the last 10 years they've been as good. But that's a lateral move to go from OU to LSU. But is it really? Absolutely. When you look at the money, I'm going to give you your because I want you to change my mind. When you look at the money. When you look at where you can recruit, I mean, OU is basically North Texas. Uh, when you look at the the commitment from the people, the decision makers outside of the football program, LSU has been better. Like, there's no, like, I'm not trying to, it's obvious. They won a national championship in two years, and they've already, you know, fired their head coach. LSU has been better, but as far as a job, that that's a lateral move,
5: in my opinion. Okay, but the, the thing is, Indy? there's there's one statistic that you have to look at Mm -hmm. since two since 2000 LSU has won the most national championships besides Alabama. Right, uh, besides right they're, the be, they're Alabama. better, but so, I'm talking and, and about with, as far as a job. Right, but with three different head coaches they've won those national championships. So you can you can go to any coach and say, "Look, we've won national championships with different coaches. This is not Alabama where it's Nick Saban. All these different coaches have won and you could be the next one to win a national championship." Whereas in Oklahoma, they get to the playoff every year and get blown out. So th- it's it's obvious that for some reason, Oklahoma can't get over the hump as far as the talent is concerned. At LSU, that won't be an issue.
2: Okay, my, qu- my, and I know you want to jump in on this, Chris. My my thought is the reason OU can't get over the hump is because the coaching and the development of the players, not because the program is lacking something. If uh, Lincoln Riley says, hey, I want this, they'll be like, okay, where do you want it? Yep. Hey, I need to spend money on this. Okay, hold on, let us dip into the, you know, same as LSU. LSU has been, Better. I'm not LSU's been better than any other program except for Alabama. But I'm talking about as far as a job, OU, uh, Texas AM, University of Texas, Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame. Like to me, if you say LSU offered those current head coaches a job, that would just be a lateral move. The
3: the thing that that everybody ignores with this, and, and it comes out every now and then when they show where T- kids or, or guys in the NFL are from, mm-hmm. Louisiana, bar none, puts puts more talent into the NFL and, and college football, four- and five-star talent, compared to, like, they're behind, like, California, Texas, and, like, states that are massively bigger. But, like, per capita, Louisiana, like, I don't know what, what they put in the water in there, but, like, the talent is ridiculous. Louisiana, the thing, the advantage you have at LSU is you battle with nobody else in-state, for recruits, You can put up a wall or a fence around the state, as they say, and that's how LSU gets. The last three coaches have gotten to a national championship and won it because the talent in the state, all you got to do is keep 80 to 85% of the kids in state coming to your school at other schools. You compete at, at, at OU. You're competing with Oklahoma State for in-state. Now they dip into Texas a lot, but a lot of those recruits they're having a fight with Texas. They're in a fight with Texas A&M. They're in a fight with TCU and Baylor and all these other schools. Like you go to Louisiana to LSU, you have a distinct advantage when it comes to recruiting to keep the best talent in your state at your school. That's one of the biggest advantages of that program.
4: Well, I'm going to reiterate what I said on uh, Wednesday. He's getting ready to go to to the SEC. So. You know, coaching in the SEC is going to be a whole lot different than coaching in the Big 12. So now these kids are going to say, OK, so now we're going up. And I and I understand, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I think LSU is a is a pretty good program.
3: It's a great program. It's, it's one a, of the top 10 programs in the country. So
4: is Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So is they so look they may not win in the college football playoffs, what's, what's, but, but they get there. Though. Okay,
3: so that's what I'm been asking. What's important to you? you? You you went to the dance. You you, you got a, a peck on the cheek with the girl, or did you want to go all the way? But, man listen, every time I take her to the dance, on, she gives Chris, me a
4: peck on the cheek. Hold on, in the immortal words of the great Negro poet Chris Brown, how you hating from the outside of the club? You can't even get in. Who can't get it? LSU LSU, LSU won it two years ago.
3: It's the other way around. How many times? Oklahoma can't get to the damn title game. They haven't won since Bob Stoops years. But they're in the position to win the title. They ain't in any position. They get their ass kicked. They've
4: been there more than LSU has.
2: But to me, it's because of the coaching, not because of the program.
4: I wouldn't take that job
5: at all, period. But one thing we're also forgetting LSU can offer him more money than Oklahoma can. See, that I didn't know. I, I assumed, and what do they say about assuming you make an
2: ass out of you and me? I assumed all these programs that I'm thinking of is pretty much what and what as far as the money that they can offer. You know what? Let, let's pick this up after we talk to Brandon Lane because I feel like there's a lot of comments that were left on the table. Quick, quick timeout. We're going to catch up with Brandon Lane in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back, and the reason we're playing a little Snoop Doggy Doll, because the man, the myth, the legend, Brandon Lang, make sure you go check out his website, BrandonLang.com, gave me that nickname because of my picks for the underdogs, and whoo, did I earn it last week as I took the Baylor Bears straight up over OU. So the master, I know he's proud. I shouldn't say master. Good God, what's wrong with me? That's I come. wasn't gonna say that. I, I got a white man coming on, and I'm calling him master. Hey, I, Kanye, man, do what you do. I, I took it too far. All right, Kanye. Good God, Brandon Lang saved me, man. But uh, I picked Baylor over OU. What's going on, brother?
1: So I got a buddy of mine, very good handicapper. He's Dan, a man here in Vegas. He is he's he's got one of the best opinions that I've ever heard. And he texts me Thursday at twelve thirty. He goes, I got a two hundred dimer for you. And he goes, dot, 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 dot. Kansas plus thirty two over Texas. Mm. They'll win the game outright. So just to shut him up, I go down to South Point. I take a hundred bucks. I go, Gimme Kansas. Money line over Oklahoma uh, over Texas, and the guy looks at me like I'm on crack. He goes, "Why don't you just go throw the hundred down on the floor?" I said, "Yeah, I got it. So I, I, I bet it, and one hundred dollars paid four thousand. Wow, and two hundred paid eight, five hundred paid forty thousand, but they capped the limit. At, I found out later that if you tried to bet five hundred, they would have capped the limit at two hundred. So take the 4000 at the rhino until about four AM taking <laughs> it. I man, my I put my six foot one Ukraine on contract for about an hour and a half and she went and got my little five foot four inch Filipino porn guard guards melee. He was just dropping time, don't look time dunk. Woo! That, just, that was a Star Trek night, boys. We went where no man has gone before. Goodness Come gracious. On, I, get a, I, get a, I, I go from winning the game the whole time to losing the game to going to overtime to being down seven. And then they go for two. You're like, get out of Dodge. And this goes, listen, this goes back to where Texas buried me against Oklahoma. Just buried me. And that was the game that that, that threw a wrench in their whole season. And if I was Steve Sarkeesian, I would have fired my defensive coordinator after the, after the Oklahoma game. I'd have fired him. I would have went right in the office and you fired. Yeah, that, they he absolutely fired.
3: That was absolutely horrendous. Uh, let, let me yep. hit, let's sit on a couple of college games happening this weekend, yep. Brandon. I want to start with one here tonight in Houston. The Cougs are nine and one. They are on a roll. Memphis has been struggling. Memphis five and five. Houston's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, but here's the problem, Brandon. Memphis has won the last five in this series, and even when they've had yeah. some bad teams, they've beaten Houston, even when they've not been the better team. And so I'm a little worried about Houston in this spot tonight because they've already clinched. They already punched their ticket to the AAC title game against Cincinnati, but, man, it's it's this one's a little nerve-wracking tonight.
1: And and, and Memphis, as you said, has won the last five straight up, and they're 6-0 against the spread the last six. Wow. So the, sharp, uh, the Sharps have hit it kind of hard, open nine and a half down to eight and a half. So you get a little sharp move down one. But um, I think just based on the numbers, you have to take Memphis. For me, I'm just, I'm lying and wait. I'm lying and wait. And I got a big ass big ass bankroll just sitting in my pocket, waiting to bet because Cincinnati should get by SMU this week. Um, although I lean toward SMU plus 11 and a half. If they don't lose at East Carolina next week, which, mind you, would not surprise me in the least, that East Carolina upset Cincinnati. And I'm already ready to bet East Carolina money line. Remember, Tulane went into Oklahoma and lost 38-35. East Carolina beat Tulane 55-26, blew the doors off them. East Carolina's covered seven games in a row. They just went into Memphis and won outright. This East Carolina team is dangerous. I got a money line over Cincinnati. But if they don't get them, mark my words, Houston will beat Cincinnati in the AC championship game. Know that. Print that. Heard it here first. Uh There's your upset knocking Cincinnati. And the team nobody's talking about. Everybody's all caught up in the Cincinnati nonsense. Everybody is. There's one team out there that nobody's talking about that I'm going to talk about now that they're going to win this week, they're going to win next week, they're going to win the Big 12 Championship, and they're going to crack the final four from the number eight or number nine slot. Who am I talking about?
3: Okie okay, State?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> they're a fourth down and two at Iowa State from being 10-0 and, yep. and setting in the number, number four spot right now. They're, they're blowing the doors off people. last week over a TCU team that beat Baylor? Oh, my God. Oklahoma State is legit.
3: You missed the touchdown. It was 63-17.
1: Yeah, and listen, they next week at home, what stinks is you got to hope Oklahoma beats Iowa State. You have to hope it happens because if it does, The line maker is going to make Oklahoma a three-point road favorite at Oklahoma State. And I can tell you right now that next week, Snoop Doggy Dog off the chronic soundtrack with Dre (laughs) is going Oakey State plus the three in the hizzle for shizzle. My (laughs) nizzle!
4: <laughs> hey, Brandon, we, I want to take you to the NFL real quick. This Dallas at Kansas City game on Sunday. How much is this line going to move before the bet that you can actually make a bet?
1: First of all, the line has already moved. And understand this: this game should be a pick'em or even Dallas minus one.
6: Details.
1: understand what i just said dallas should probably be a small road favorite if not a pick'em. but the line maker in vegas understands that what the public just saw is the public just saw kansas city go into vegas beat the doors off the raiders my homies is shivering kelsey's doing his i'm the man right, they're doing the word the kansas city keeps them we're back we're going to the Super Bowl. Everybody look at us. Wee, 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 wee. What nobody sees is the week before they struggled against Green Bay and Jordan Love should have lost that game, the week before they struggled against Daniel Jones and the Giants and should have lost that game, and the week before that they got the doors blown off by home by Tennessee, 27-3. So now Vegas knows the public has now seen this. Casey's back, Casey's back, Casey's back. I went to the Dallas game last week. That stadium is unbelievable. I'm going to get back as soon as I can. The greatest experience of my life. Jerry Jones made two mistakes in his life, and that's it. One was the way he fired Tom Landry, and two, getting rid of Jimmy Johnson. Other than that, that man's done everything right in that stadium. If you haven't gone there, it is a bucket list thing to do. Listen, forget the hotties running around. Now, you get caught. We just walked the corridors for the whole game. Dime piece here. Dime piece there. And then what they wear. You might as well be in a strip bar for
7: crying out loud.
1: But let's get back to the game. <laughs> they blew the doors off Atlanta, and I'm going to tell you something. Here's the problem for the Chiefs it's easy to go zero blitz. It's easy to go zero blitz when you got a quarterback in Carr who's still thinking about Henry Ruggs, and a quarterback in Daniel Jones, and a quarterback in Jordan Love. But here's the problem the Raiders couldn't run the football. Here's a problem. The Giants couldn't run the football. Here's a problem. The Packers couldn't run the football. The Dallas Cowboys can run the football. What happens NFL one oh one when you can't stop the run? You've got to commit an eighth guy to the box. What happens when you commit an eighth guy to the box? You've got to play man behind it. What happens when you play man behind it? You got Sorenson either Amari Cooper or C D Lamb. Good night. Good night. Good night. Dallas goes into KC and wins the game and reminds everybody don't get don't fall don't fall back in love with the Chiefs they still garbage. Trust me.
2: Still garbage. All right, speaking of garbage, unfortunately, right here in Houston, in H-Town, the people want to hear about your thought, Texans, Tennessee. Any upset specials there?
1: <laughs> well, there's 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 no upset special happening here. Um, we have seen double-digit road dogs sniffing a little bit, but Tennessee coming back home here um, – they, they they kinda let the Saints in a backdoor hurt 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 a lot of people with that backdoor touchdown against New Orleans last week. Um give Tennessee credit, little flat after the big win at the Rams came back home. I think had they blown New Orleans out, there might be a little leftover effect to go through the motions here. But I always say there's a right side to the game and a wrong side to the game, and I just think if the number being ten. By the half point lay nine and a half and I think you have to lose with Tennessee before you try to win with
2: Houston that's the voice of Brandon Lang make sure you go to Brandonlang.com anything out there that you want to put out there for our folks
1: you hit the game Dallas plus two and a half over Dallas plus two and a half over over the Chiefs I just I I, I literally can't understand Dallas is legit listen I had the under last night with Atlanta New England under 47 fell 25. And that's because I sit there watching Atlanta's offense against Dallas's defense, going, "This team's not very good." And that's where I look at this game here with Dallas, and I'm like, I, "I'm impressed." Kellen Moore in the offensive play calling. Dak Dak had the Denver game where he just was a little rusty. This Dallas has got their swag, man. I think we're going to get a, potentially a Dallas Green Bay NFC Championship game. I do. I think Tampa's Tampa's got some defensive issues, but but I say that they could get hot. But but the NFC is a three-legged race. It literally, is. it's Dallas, Green Bay, and, and, and Tampa Bay. Arizona won't get there. Arizona's not good enough to get there. You don't lose at home last week in the manner in which they did with, with Colt McCoy after beating Frisco and, and convinced me you're the team in the NFC. It, it's Dallas, Green Bay, and, and Tampa Bay.
2: You ready for my next dog as we let you out? You, I'm, you ready? I'm
1: waiting. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I got my CBD treats in, a, in, 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 in the Chronic album. <laughs> Heat up ready to go. Here it is. go. I'm gonna be high I'm gonna be high all day with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Straight. Wait for this dog right here.
2: Last week I called Baylor over Oklahoma. It happened straight up. This week, Oklahoma's gonna be the bitch again, and they are losing two in a row as they take on Iowa State.
1: I already, it. Gave it on on I already gave it out on radio. Already gave it out my last radio show. Iowa State plus three and a half. I already did. Been calling Oklahoma overrated all year. West Virginia should have got him. Texas should have got him. Um, I, I, I couldn't be more happier that that Snoop Doggy Dog with Snoop Doggy Dog with Dre on the Chronic album is all Iowa State. You got yourself a winner there. Snoop Dogg back in the winner's circle, sitting in the champagne room with a cigar. In my six foot one Ukraine, my six four Russian, and my five four little. Filipino point yard. Sitting on your lap, waiting for the champagne. My man.
2: Waiting. I'll be asleep by the time it gets (laughs) (laughs) there. My man, Brandon, enjoy the games. Make that money, and we'll talk next week, brother. Got it, boys. Have a good week. All right, Brandon Lang of BrandonLang.com joining us. Quick timeout. Now we're going to open it back to you. Y'all talked about a game in regards to the line. I just think this is going to be a great game to watch. We'll talk about that and much more in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790. even though i'm not the biggest east coast rap fan big pun fat joe there was a time when i was living in philly where i i, I, I had a lot of respect for the terror squad r.i.p big pun that big pun cd goes hard it's a little old but it, it goes hard yeah it does Big Pun goes hard. 713-212-5790 if you want to join us on that on this football friday Real quick, uh, that game tonight, and, and I'm big on who's house, who's house every time they play except when they play the mighty Rice War Owls, they better represent and they better be ready. I know they're looking Hey, U of H, 9-1, rank number 24, and look, I'm with you. I got a U of H hat somewhere. Shout out to my boy uh, Andre Ware, who doesn't get enough credit for what he's done for the city, by the way. But Memphis sitting at 5-5, five and five, four of their losses, Less than six points, less than a touchdown. Yeah, I hope University of Houston, the players, they're not overlooking well, Memphis. The,
3: the technicality I brought up was the, you know, they've already clinched their spot in the AAC title game. They're not really being talked about as a team that could, you know, they just got into the playoff rankings this week, but they're in the twenties. Like, you know, they're not. Cincinnati is right there, right? They're at five. They know if they run the table, they're going to have a really good chance to get in the playoff with U of H. You wonder if that kind of seeps into their minds going, well, we already clinched our spot in the in the title game. This game doesn't matter to us. We're still going to be playing. Even if we lose tonight, we're still going to be playing for the AAC title. You, you know what? But there's something about – because
2: I don't know if that's the case or if they're saying, good God, we, we let one get away against Texas Tech and we could be the team that's under – could you imagine if they beat Tech, University of Houston, they lost their opener to Texas Tech, then they won eight in a row – Uh, Obviously, they're going to play the championship against Cincinnati the way things are going. Could you imagine if both of those teams going into that game were undefeated? They'd be undefeated,
3: but but it's always that stupid thing about the previous season. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati caught a big wave last year of attention and all that, and they started preseason so high. U of H didn't. So I think even if U of H was undefeated right now, they'd still be somewhere at like 14, 15. No,
2: I I get what you're saying. Like, I'm not saying that they would be playing for a spot to play in the playoffs. But they should, right? I'm talking about the energy.
3: If both teams were undefeated, shouldn't they be playing for a a chance to go to a, a playoff? I used to be that guy, but with only
2: four seats. Look, I used to be that guy. But man, Alabama, if Alabama has one loss, Georgia doesn't have any. Ohio State. Uh, now, th- to me, that would be the argument. To, uh, you should allow eight teams in. Okay, but so I don't think that makes them a top four. So, team. if Cincinnati wins out, are they in your in your mind? It, it, you ha- it, it depends. In? Like, you're gonna have to tell me what else happens. Like, if Alabama loses two, then Alabama should be out. Well, even they, though, I feel they, yeah, like,
3: absolutely. Right. Even no, some people with are one saying, they should be out. I don't think so. Why? You they, they're not even going to play for their conference title. Cincinnati will be playing for the AAC title on a weekend no, no, no. where Alabama is sitting at home. Yep. Who's going to play for the West? Oh well, that's yeah, that's true. Sorry. Okay. No. I was, I, was thinking, I, I, was I was thinking. I was thinking in the same in the scenario that somebody else would be playing. Um, okay, but yeah, but yeah, if they lose, what if they lose a close game to Georgia? No, then. Here's the thing. Let, let me make sure
2: I'm explaining this right. If Alabama loses a, a close game to Georgia, and the SEC title I, I just say, you know what? It's a shame you have two losses. You can't be in the top four. But, you say that. Right, There's but idiots if I was, in that room ain't going to say but if, that. No, but here's the thing. If I was a betting man, I still think a two-loss Alabama team beats an undefeated Cincinnati, beats an undefeated UTSA, even though I'm typically all four in the underdog. I also have to bring in the eye test. But my point is, if you have two losses, I don't care what conference you're in, you just can't be in it. So when you said, you gave me the scenario that Cincinnati wins out which they might but tell me what's going on with Ohio State what's going on with Oregon what's going on with Michigan State because you got if, a bunch if, of
3: one and two lost conference champions
2: no but if Michigan State finishes off with only one loss I feel like that record when I look at the teams that's more impressive than Cincinnati's undefeated season.
4: You know what I always want to know. So, do you think that these voters, when they're when they're putting together like the college football playoff rankings and things like that, do you think that they look at that? And if so, like I think that that's look like, at the schedule. No, look at like well, if this team played this team, I hope so. And it's it's weird you, to me because do you, 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 you got, think
3: that way though? in a Hypothetical world, yeah. Because then I call it the Alabama Invitational. Alabama is the number one recruiting class every year. Every year we're going to say and that's what I was, was about to say over
4: anybody, and that's exactly what I was about to say. Like you could do that within, you know, like Cincinnati, like Cincinnati and Alabama. Who knows? Cincinnati may catch Alabama right. like a And caught Alabama. Right, so right. it could happen. See, But
2: I don't say because of the recruiting class. I say just from what I'm watching on the field, like. I personally don't care about recruiting class. But when I watch a game, even when I watch Alabama lose, I'm like, you know uh, Bryce Young was just off just that one day. That's not going to happen, you know, two weeks in a row. I feel like they're the a better team. There are some three, four lost teams that I would take if they were playing in a neutral field uh, against Cincinnati, against UTSA. So whether we like it or not, the committee, in my opinion, has to go off the eye test when you're only allowing four teams. The argument needs to be, it should be eight teams, it should be 12 teams. Because Cincinnati, if they go undefeated, they should absolutely have a chance to play in it. But I get why you would take a one-loss Alabama team over Cincinnati and undefeated.
4: What, and what I can't understand is, and like I said, and, and Chris, I'm going to ask you this question, you know, because you a good college savant. Why is...
6: With the Lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
4: Uh, Cincinnati ranked number three in the
3: AP well how, how come that just doesn't translate
4: AP over to college football
5: because football because
4: you
3: have a bunch of morons you put in a room that are supposed to collectively decide unobjectively who the best teams are and rank them that way yet you're putting a team that's lost to another team head to head ahead of that that, that other stupid. team like it's just stupid it's they're overthinking this thing it's it shouldn't be this complicated. Yet yeah, they've overcomplicated. were
2: complicated. No, what makes it complicated is that you only have four. Quick timeout, we'll get back to this. Is this Dale from years ago? Dale and Tomball? I haven't heard from you in a while. Let's see if that's Dale. He always likes to talk Cowboys. They have a huge game coming up, so we'll talk to Dale as well. If you want to jump in, 713-212-5790. In the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790.
1: You're in the trenches.
0: Stand up, get your head.
1: With ND
2: Welcome in, welcome back. One hour down, one hour to go here in the trenches. You know, we can't do the show without you. 713-212-5790. My biggest gripe, there should just be more than four teams allowed to play in the college football playoffs. H- here's the thing: let's say Cincinnati, they're sitting at number five right now, and the only ranking that matters for them. let if they go ahead and finish off their year and they beat SMU, they beat ECU, and then they beat U of H
3: in the conference championship game. Convincingly. Let's say they beat up on U of H. Pretty good.
2: Okay, then, then yeah, it'll be hard to keep them out. What happens if they get blown out in the first round? Is it kind of like, eh,
3: we told well, you so? They put, if they're playing number one Georgia, I mean, we know how good Georgia's defense has been. But by the way... These two those two teams played in the bowl game last year. Georgia played Cincinnati and won like barely. They won on like a, you know, late late field goal or something. So Georgia didn't have all their players either though, right? When people getting ready to go to the uh NFL combine and things like that. I forget who. I mean they no, they had most of their complement of guys. But still, it's it, it would be it would be a different game this time around cuz this Georgia defense is Way better than last year's Georgia's defense. The, the sad part
4: about it is, I I don't think that if, if if Cincinnati wins out, you know, if Cincinnati wins out, I still think that the voters keep them out. The the, the committee, excuse me, the committee keeps them out because it's not a big name. Because you got, but they're like, five.
2: Like how how could they justify the only way, unless I'm mistaken?
4: Money, okay, the Andy. only
2: no no no. I mean, how do you even? You, you, I know why, but they're number five. So the only way they win out. Because that would be pretty impressive to beat SMU, ECU, and U of H to to finish the season. The only way they keep them out is if Alabama Alabama beats Georgia. That's it. Alabama beats Georgia, then both of those teams are going to stay in. And if Oregon continues to win out and Ohio State.
4: Like, that's the only way. So, Oregon Oregon is going to win the Pac-12 championship. Ohio State is probably going to win the Big Ten championship.
2: Keep in mind, I've watched a couple of Oregon games. Even on some of their victories – it was kind of like, like when they lost the. You know, they beat Washington State. It, it wasn't convincing. There maybe. are people picking
3: them to lose at Utah this yeah, weekend.
2: Yeah. So I could definitely see a scenario. Here, where Here's they lose. the
3: one that gets that gets iffy. Let's say you you have your Pac-12 champ. You have your 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 Big Ten champ. Your Big 12 champ. What Brandon just said. If Oklahoma State runs the table, they're going to have a pretty impressive resume. with One loss. Baylor. You know the, Baylor's got the two losses, but they could they could upset some people. But how about Notre Dame? Notre Dame could be the one that's sitting there and their one blemish is the Cincinnati mm. so then you get into that thing of well Notre Dame's beat some more beat, has beat more ranked teams than Cincinnati but they lost that one head to head do you take the big power program in Notre Dame or do you take little old
4: Cincinnati so here's the thing I think that they may have Notre Dame fatigue every time they put Notre Dame in the college football playoffs, they Bama get, fatigue they get blew out like they look horrible every time they get any any chance, or any sniff at trying to win a national title, they look horrible. But it's funny—you're funny,
2: you're the SEC guy, and you have the Bama fatigue. I used to be the guy that, oh, the SEC gets too much props. But when I watch Alabama, I'm still, I'm still impressed with them. I'm still amazed with what they do. And well, it's I know somebody—it's easy when you got top NFL picks coming to your team every year. Hey, well, but why is that?
3: Because they, you got a football the factory gone. Yeah. The,
2: there's about 20 other football. Texas A&M's a football factory. LSU's a football well, It's factor. like you say. Ohio if State. some of these
3: kids went to the Cincinnati's and,
2: and right. stuff, it would
9: no, but my even point, things out a little but my bit more. My point
2: is, when when you look at Alabama, the, I forgot what year it was, but it was a year that people were like, oh, there's no way they should have been in the
3: top four. They should have been in the playoffs. And they won the whole thing. <laughs>
2: like, yeah. it It's like, okay, you think you don't think they should have been there, but they won it well, all.
3: But the, and that's the argument is every year, even when they take a loss or two, you put, you give Saban four weeks to prepare for a big game. He's going, to, his team's going to show up and show out. We just need to stop ignoring. What you do during the year matters. When you lose a game, it matters. Going in with three losses, and I don't like. I don't like. They 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 don't play uh, a tough enough schedule to go in with three losses. Yeah, they don't. Because here is the thing, Andy, and this is the misconception people have with the damn SEC: is just because you play in the SEC doesn't mean you play the best teams in the SEC. Alabama every year in the East narrowly avoids. uh, This year they happen to play Florida, but most two years ago or was it three years ago? LSU played. Georgia and Florida in the East, Alabama played Tennessee and Vanderbilt in the East. They avoided Georgia and Florida on their regular season schedule. Like, it's And plus, Alabama, has, stupid. Alabama
4: has not looked imp- impressive to me this year. Like, la- I-, I could look at those teams that had, like, Jalen Waddle on there and things like that. And I was like, wow, this Alabama team, man, you know, with Tua and Hurts. I'm like, yo, this is like, a, like th- I'm looking at the number one team in college football. This year, I'm saying, eh. hey Okay, with you saying that, Big stars, give me
2: three teams outside of Georgia that looks more impressive than Alabama
4: to you, just in your opinion. Michigan State, I think they look very impressive. I like Ohio State. Like Chris said, they've gotten hot. Ohio State's really playing well. Yeah. Ohio State, Michigan State, and Oklahoma State.
2: Look, I want to root for Oklahoma State. I I don't know if I'm putting them up there with Alabama just yet. And I could be wrong. Bama's,
3: Bama's offensive line played like ass. Against LSU's second-string defensive line, and and I'm going to say this too, Indy. I, I'll go on record by saying it. I don't. It don't bother
4: me none. I feel like if Alabama and a and played again today, A&M would beat Alabama again. I feel like I feel like A&M can they had beat a great Alabama. Game
3: they had a great game plan in that game.
4: And I feel like they could beat them again. But now, in years past, I'm saying to myself, there's no possible way that a can step on the field with Alabama remember, without remember, getting blown
3: out. Remember a couple years ago, Alabama played a schedule where they were not tested all year long. And then they got to the playoff. They, I forget who they played in the, in the first round. But then they got Clemson in the championship game. And I said, this is going to come back to haunt them that they were not tested all year. That was the game. Trevor Lawrence spanked their ass. One, what was it, fifty-five to ten or whatever? Mm-hmm. Well, like it was, and I was like, "That's where Bama hurts themselves sometimes." Is you got to schedule a little bit tougher uh, and and get yourself ready. And that oh no, I was
4: just gonna say real quickly, and that's what people don't don't do when you go back and you research some of those Alabama teams. They've played weak schedules throughout the whole time, but nobody ever talks about that. It's hard
2: for me because. It's it's not even that I'm giving too much credit to the SEC schedule, but it's hard for me to see wins in the same year against Miami, Mississippi, uh, you know, I'm not going to throw Mississippi State
3: in there, Florida, LSU. Florida's terrible, by the way. That Florida win is, and they should have lost. You could argue they should have lost to Florida. Florida played played really bad in that first half. But and, are then, you, and then beat their ass the second half. Are you 100%
2: certain if U of H plays Florida this week, U of H wins that game? Yes. Dan it's Mullen is trying to
3: get fired at Florida.
2: See, I just don't know. They don't...
3: just, Andy, they just gave up 52 points to Samford, who was 4-5 and five at the yeah, time.
2: that's bad. Will, you want to talk a little college football playoffs. What's up, Will?
7: Hey, how's it going, man? How are you? Listen. Listen, the, the, the bottom line is, you know, I don't care about anybody's eyes and what they see, because my eyes are going to only see what I see. The bottom line is every other sport is decided on the field. Now, if you think you want to decide something by the eye test, then just scrap the whole season. We shouldn't even have a season. Uh, You know, Tampa Bay lost to New Orleans twice last year, and they got killed, but they won the Super Bowl. If you look at uh, college basketball, Baylor won the championship. You know, all of this, I want to put the SEC at the top every year. You know, nobody wants to see that. I want to see what happens on the field because it's about one game, one year, one time. I, That's I, what it's I, hold about.
2: Hold on. I 100% agree and respect that. So, with that being said, what, what what's the number that you feel like should be the playoff uh, number, amount of, teams, amount of teams that should be allowed for the playoffs? Is it eight? Is it 12? Because there's always going to be that 13 I, and 14. Team that rely- we like, tw-
7: I would go twelve. Yeah, I would go twelve because therefore you you get a chance for each team to play at least two to prove themselves twice to get there. That's right. And and if you go twelve, you know, like you guys were saying, Alabama plays a weak schedule, and I know they have all of the talent. But you you know what? It's not about just having a talent. It's about coaching. It's about practice, preparedness, and it's about that one day you need to be up. That's why A&M got Alabama, because that one day they weren't up. And that's what the playoffs is about. If you get in there, anybody can win.
3: Great call. Great call. And I agree. The only other thing I'll add to this, and and we're talking about the twelve team playoff, by the way, the the reason that's even a topic is more Dan Patrick floated out there that he'd heard from a reliable source. It's gonna be a twelve team playoff, but it's gonna happen in 2025. It's gonna take a couple years for it to happen. They can't do the math. Huh? Why? TV contracts, all that kind of stuff. But here's the problem with, with it too, and this is where it's all about the Benjamins, all about the money. Play the damn, like, there was a proposal about at least playing the first few rounds of the playoffs on college campuses. That's where they should be played. But you know what's going to happen? All the bowl games are going to stick their greedy little hands in there. They're going to go, no, Cotton Bowl should host this. Uh, You know, whatever, the Music City Bowl, we should get a first-round playoff game. And you're going to have Cincinnati versus Baylor in Nashville, Tennessee at the Music City Bowl. In okay, the first real round of the question, playoffs. Because I'm
2: having a brain freeze. Because I think the NCAA does it right as far as basketball, the tournament.
4: Aren't all those
2: games at a neutral site? Yep. Or are
4: they at home? Oh, no, the they don't start. I can't remember. They start in regions and end up the Final Four and the. But uh, are they at the, home? Like uh, let's say No, they put them in close proximity. No, so, but the
3: NIT is. And yeah. the NIT is fun.
4: Yeah, the NCAA, if, say, like North Carolina, they'll keep them in the
2: region. Yeah, something about playoffs at home. I think the energy would be great. I'm fine once you get to
3: the final four. Right. But those first few rounds, the, if, if I'm away. the one seed hosting a 12 seed, I, I should be playing that at my home stadium. I got that. We got to keep the idea of the – it's still college. The word college is still involved in here. When I go to downtown Atlanta, you know what I'm not at? In a college. I'm in at the freaking – where the Falcons play.
2: Well, isn't Georgia Tech downtown? Yeah, but I'm talking about <laughs> where, the, where the Falcons yeah. play the,
3: the the Mercedes Dome
2: Quick timeout. if you want to jump in 713-212-5790 In the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790 Jacob, do your pants stay sagging From those $100 bills that iHeart pays you? I don't get paid on dollars bills. <laughs> 713-212-5790. Hope you're enjoying your Friday.
4: Indeed. We are. I'm mad at you, man. Get in line. <laughs> get in line. Let me tell you why I'm mad at you. Why? Because you remember that $30,000 I asked you to borrow at the beginning of baseball season and you told me no? Mm-hmm. You know what that $30,000 could have got us today? What's that? 900000 how? What are you, flipping it? So, there was a guy who made a bet on Shohei Ohtani who plays for the Los Angeles Angels to win MVP. At 30-1 to 1 odds, he put $30,000 down. He's $900,000 richer today.
2: I'm surprised. Like, to me, that would be somewhat obvious. A guy who could do both for, and even though the Anaheim Angels, is it Anaheim or L.A.? A- L.A. Okay, the L.A.
4: Ange, uh, Los Angeles Angels, excuse me. I'm surprised it paid off that that well that and look so but that's the thing i couldn't do indy i couldn't take like just take thirty thousand dollars and be like let me see if i can just win on this but you know what the type of
2: individual that has thirty thousand to put down on a bet like that don't care and he doesn't even really need the nine hundred thousand wow you you, know what i'm saying like it's a nice lick for him yeah but as i am if you have thirty thousand that you're willing to gamble on one individual being the al or nl mvp even when you win, it's kind of like well, it's a good story.
3: Let That's me re- let me remind you guys. Like we're we're living in the moment, mm-hmm. and we're judging off what we saw Shohei Otani do this year. Last off, like rewind this to before last, yeah. the season last year, he bat he played forty four games. He batted one ninety with seven home runs, twenty four RBIs. He took his game to the next level this year. Forty six home runs, hundred RBIs. Like his his offensive numbers erupted this year. Yeah, But, last but year prior too, to this. Right? Yeah, but prior to the season, he was like he had shown he was an okay at bat a batter. Mm-hmm. But his first two years in the league, he had over you know one hundred two strikeouts, one hundred ten strikeouts. Like he he was an okay hitter. This year, he showed he is a an elite level hitter.
4: Let's do it. Let's take ten dollars a piece at the beginning of the season. And, and We're we gonna put it on next year. That's right. We got to look into Jose that. Altuve. Yeah, no. Oh. Jose Gillian, the, oh. the Houston sports or anchor. hey look, they got no, other. Jose hold on, Altuve. we're talking about Major League Baseball, ND. You say Jose. Touche. Okay, so with that being Jose said, Altuve. with that being said, you know who came in fifth, right? No, I don't know who came. In fifth. <laughs> I'm not walking around with the knowledge of the top five. Carlos Correa. Fifth in MVP voting. That that's that's a strong one. Cha-ching.
2: Do we put it on yeah. Carlos for next year?
3: Will Carlos win an MVP at all in, in his career? Uh, I'd say no. He Because he doesn't have the bat. That's
4: the only reason I say he wouldn't get it. And just because of the odds.
2: It's an award that only goes to one person. Yeah, let's put it on Carlos. So our $30 on Carlos for next year. Your better he, odds would be like somebody,
3: somebody like uh, Jordan. Can a DH win it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I thought that would just have to do something. Maybe he hits like 50 home runs next year. Kyle Tucker. Maybe I should put it on him. See, Tucker might be the low, like the lowest odds though. For like, in other words, when I say lowest, meaning it won't pay off well. Like he's probably the favorite among all Astros hitters to be an MVP candidate. Maestro. For the Guardians. Yes. No. He was a Gold Glove
4: candidate, so yeah. Who's
2: the tall black Astro that kept coming up and
4: down between? Taylor Jones, yeah, the let's,
2: first base. put it on
5: him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll all be millionaire players. Yeah, we'll be speaking of Carlos, not Carlos Correa, but Carlos in San Antonio wants to talk about the undefeated UTSA Roadrunners. What's going on, Carlos? Yeah,
10: yeah, you definitely got to show them some love, guys. I mean, undefeated is undefeated, no matter what conference you're in, right?
2: Oh, but, I don't uh, know if you've been listening to the show, but we show love every week to those Roadrunners. Yeah, uh, well, I don't always get to every minute
8: of your show. So I may have missed it, but, uh, uh, you know, they got a big game coming up
10: against uh, Alabama-Birmingham coming up. They always have a hard time with them. So uh, hopefully uh, they'll get by them. But actually, uh, I also wanted to ask Chris about a couple of days ago when you were playing hooky, Andy. You weren't there. Mm -hmm. Um, Chris was talking about NFL expansion. And, of course, being from San Antonio, you know, I'm real interested in that. But I didn't get to catch anything you said about it and I was kind of wondering, you know, if you could expand on that a little bit. Yeah,
3: we have this little rundown of, of topics to get to and it's been on our rundown for the past 4 days <laughs> and we haven't been able to get to it. So let's get. To yeah, it. this comes from a conversation Ben Ben Albright who, you know, is an NFL guy and he he did a radio interview earlier this week and he said that there was a topic that came out that said there was some talk the NFL may go to 40 teams. They may expand to 40 teams, and, mm-hmm. and it just sounds crazy, but it, it, to pull it back a little, what he was saying was they're going to start with adding four more teams most likely, and the top four cities that are the most likely candidates to put in bids for NFL expansion teams, London number one, which Horrible. we all know that's been coming because the NFL's been playing games Hades. every year, Toronto, Toronto. Which makes World sense, game. but really Buffalo should just move to Toronto. It's right over it. the it's right over the border. Um, St. Louis, yeah. which had a team before, you know they they have got the stadium, they got everything there, and then San Antonio was Woo-hoo! the fourth. One. But the biggest problem with San Antonio, Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones, and the McNair's, the McNair's fight I it. I really don't think they care. Well, they, they, <laughs> put it this way, <laughs> Whatever. their games get aired on on radio. There, no, no, I know. I was just. But, silly. but yeah, you got to get the two other big, big owners in Texas to agree on that, but um, you here's
2: know, the thing, Jerry Jones is the most powerful owner in the NFL and that cut. I mean, it's like the dope game, it cuts into his profit there's, unfortunately, even though it makes sense in regards to fans it makes sense in regards to region it just makes sense, but
4: he, he, he'll he shut that down too quick oh, most definitely, especially move, moving somewhere like
3: that, I, I love what Sean Jones said though, the other day when he was with us, he said let the McNairs move the Texans franchise to San Antonio and let us take the Oiler name back and, and bring back the Oiler history and be the Houston Oilers again. Is he on something or on to something? Dale and
11: Tomball, what's going on, brother? What's going on, Andy, my main man? Hey, you know, y'all were talking about the football playoffs. Remember you uh, UCF when they went undefeated and they didn't even get a chance to play in the uh, you know the big game, and then they right. go play the bowl game and wipe the other team out, and everybody thought UCF should have been uh, number one. Yeah,
3: the problem was the next year they were undefeated, played LSU in the Fiesta Bowl, and got embarrassed by LSU, and then that justified in everybody's mind. See, UCF shouldn't be in the conversation. No, not
11: not but I'm talking about four or
3: five years ago no no no, I'm talking about that next year they went undefeated that next year they were undefeated again and played LSU in the Fiesta Bowl and LSU beat them and that's when everybody went see UCF can't play with the big dogs yeah well
11: that's what Cincinnati that's the reason why they're snubbing Cincinnati
3: yeah I think Cincinnati's got it I think Cincinnati's got a good chance if if they run the table
0: 18 plus.
11: Yeah, well, okay. But uh, but anyway,
0: Andy, I wanted to talk about my
11: Dallas Cowboys against Kansas City. That's why I wanted to call you
2: in. What you got? Are you feeling confident? Uh, man, I think we're going to win by 10.
11: Okay.
2: hmm You, you, you know what? The, you, the way they've looked, and I know Kansas City, they won, and they're starting to feel themselves again. I would, I would not be overly surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at all, Dale, if you're correct about that.
11: And I tell you what, that was the best draft pick we got was getting Parsons. That guy's a beast. Man. Right, He's real a beast. quick,
2: 20 seconds or less. I haven't heard from you in a while. How's your beautiful wife and son?
11: I've had my wife, uh, she, she loves you to death. She told me to call you up, invite you over for Thanksgiving because we're having beans and greens and potato salad and ribs. You Ooh, right? and ribs,
2: I like that. And your boy, how's your boy doing? I brought, you some, I brought you some of my good
11: ribs and beans and greens up there one time.
2: I remember. I still taste yep. it now.
11: Uh, I know it. Well anyway, it was nice talking to you. My wife's doing awesome. She's the awesome woman, the best woman, my best friend, everything, man. She's awesome. God bless you, yep.
2: Dale. Don't be a stranger, brother.
11: Oh wow. I just had time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dale has been a, a staple, especially back when Greg was here.
4: I thought he was gonna say Indy. I got green beans, potatoes, tomatoes, rams, chicken, you know that song. You name it? You remember that back like two, three years ago when they no. did the Shirley Caesar remix and everybody was dancing to it? I have no idea what
2: you're – but because Jacob's the best producer in the world, he's going to bump back with it after this timeout. Quick timeout. Brian, Martin, Larry, and Westbury, we see you there in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790.
4: I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams,
0: hogs, dogs, chicken, turkeys, rabbit, you name it. Look! I got beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, is this a gospel menu? Lord, beans, crings, potatoes, tomatoes. tomatoes. Chicken, turkeys, you <laughs> beans,
4: cream, You've never seen these videos? It no. went viral, Andy. Everybody was dancing to it. Is she at a concert? So, this is actually a sermon. And they turned it into a challenge. You name it, challenge.
2: This is why you we can't
4: have anything. Cream, so you your Thanksgiving. I'm watching this. Oh, yeah, man. The videos are great. You know what? I, I'm gonna show you the look. No, don't. No, no. I'm gonna, It's look. not gonna enhance my life at
2: all. Look at look look me <laughs> in uh-huh. my eyes.
4: I'm gonna show you the right videos. Okay.
2: <laughs> so, show me that one. Seven
4: one three two
2: one two five seven nine oh. Let's head out to that Westbury area and talk to Larry. What's up, Larry?
12: Hey Andy. Um the it only makes sense to me to have an eighteen playoff
10: mm-hmm.
12: because uh, you can take the five Power Five Conference Champion. Nope. Uh, nope. The number a six. The number the sixth group of six champion and two at large. But you need to require a playoff game in each of the major conferences so the conference champion can be decided. Okay. Um, and then, and that way you have two at large, which probably be the highest ranked teams that don't get an automatic bid. And you can incorporate. You can put the Big Ten and the Pac-12 champion in the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. Cotton Bowl can get the, the Big Twelve and then at large. The SEC champion to play in the Cotton or the or, um, the uh, Super Bowl. You can put the Orange Bowl. You could take the ACC champion and then at large, and they can be incorporated into the playoffs. That way, the bowls are are viable. Uh, and who can complain that they didn't get into the playoffs if they didn't win their conference champion?
8: All
2: right, so appreciate the idea, well thought out. Why don't you like it? I,
3: I dismiss it because I think we we can't do the conference champion automatic bid. It just because every year, not every conference is going to be up to snuff, and I say that to say Oregon might win the the Pac twelve this year with three losses. They shouldn't get an automatic punch ticket to it just because you won the, your your crappy conference. This year, the Big Twelve might have four teams that have one loss or whatever. Yeah, but if you have eight teams, then I, I'm saying I, I'm trying to think. It I'm saying just go one through eight, like where the rankings are right now. Who's ranked one through eight? Take those teams. Don't do this crappy stuff of tying conferences in because it's stupid. It's like it, one year the SEC may have three teams that are deserving. The Pac-12 may have a, a four-loss champion. Well, the Pac-12 four-loss champion isn't any more deserving than the one-loss SEC team left on the outside. So, like in other words, it's just got you got to just take it with who's the eight best teams. Well, are they doing that with the four, and we're all upset with that? They have that same I, mentality, with, but with four, but they don't go. I mean, like, but they, but they're moving teams constantly and up and down, up and down, up and down, and then conference championship weekend, they're bumping up. You know, you're getting a little bit of a bump based on who's winning the conference the conference championship. You're right. I, I just think it's it's just very simple to say, here's our one through eight, take one through eight. You complicate it when you go, Well, we're gotta do conference champions. Why? One year the pac twelve might suck, one year the Big Ten might suck. You oh, so you're you saying, don't get to automatically just punch your ticket because uh, you want okay. your crappy conference. So you're saying
2: if the Pac twelve sucks then they just don't have anybody right, represent because that's what okay, happens I right now like I the big you. 10
3: gets left out some years the big 12 gets left out some I, I years i thought your point you don't was, get the punch your ticket just cuz you're crappy conference as a champion i thought
2: i thought your point was you might win the pac 12 conference but somebody else in that same conference may have a better record than you that didn't even get a chance to play like we saw with alabama yeah that year but but i i it's still i still believe his idea is better than what we currently see but just let twelve teams in. When it's all said and done, just let twelve teams in. Martin, what's up, Martin?
8: Hey, Indy. Before I get to uh, your great city of San Antonio, y'all brought up the uh, the Oilers logo, the trademark, the Houston Oilers. That is, for what I understand, that is strictly property of the Bud Adams family and the Tennessee Titans. They own that right. Can we right? buy
3: it? Can we buy it? Is it for sale?
8: I don't know. They're not, they're not calling themselves the Oilers or the Titans, but they own that. They own the Oilers trademark and all that, right?
3: Well, let's fight them. We'll go to court. We'll get Tony Busby on it.
8: <laughs> hey, Indy, you're, you're you're I'm all Houston. Okay, I'm a fan of all Houston teams, but you're San Antonio. It's a great city, and I'm just wanted to tell you that um, I hope that someday soon that they get an MLB team. And the NFL team, it would bring. It would be great for the, all of sports in the state of Texas and would bring great commerce to San Antonio also.
2: I'm 100% with you, not just because I'm from there. It makes sense, especially a Major League Baseball team. I get the sense Jim Crane. In San man, Antonio? Yeah. Baseball?
4: Yeah. I'm with Chris on this one. Oh, wow.
2: Well. Yeah, there's a a group of, there's a great group of people called Hispanics, and they love baseball. And there's a whole lot of his, and I will tell you this San Antonio folks, like when the New Orleans Saints had to stay there for a year, they supported them like they've been there for 20 years. San Antonio people support their athletics. So I I can see baseball more so than football because I don't think Jim Crane, and I don't know the name of the owner of the Texas Rangers, would try to block it as he absolutely would. As aggressively as uh, Jerry Jones would try to block it for the Dallas Cowboys, it's sti-
3: if anything, and it's not a bunch of people are going to drive from San Antonio up to Arlington to buy season tickets. The TV, it's the TV. Okay, well I'm just talking about the fan base. Like right now,
2: San Antonio is cowboy country. Like it's cowboy country. So then you know, they don't need San another Antonio, NFL team then. Right. That's what I'm saying. That though. That's why I said MLB would be more uh, realistic than the NFL. But in San Antonio, you don't see a whole bunch of Astro hats. You don't see a whole bunch of people saying, "Oh, we're not the only team that cheated so and so cheated." Like they don't. It's not a. It's not an Astro market. So that's why I say it'll be more realistic to see an MLB team in San Antonio than an NFL team. As much as I would love to see the San Antonio gunslingers in the NFL. I, I just know Jerry Jones will not allow that to happen.
4: Do you think that that if if they did put an NFL franchise in San Antonio, that they would get that type of support? Oh, they support the, absolutely, like absolutely, like, like the
2: Houston uh, Texans,
3: like Spurs type of support. They yeah. put that 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 type of support
4: yeah. behind the NFL
3: franchise. I, you I, think, I think it would be one foot in, one foot out. They're gonna go support the team in the minute that team loses four or five games. They they're gonna wear their Cowboys jerseys to the games, and it's back to the Cowboys know nah,
2: San Antonio people, they have a lot of pride. Like, they, they take ownership, especially the Hispanic community out there. Like, that's their city. Like, they take ownership. Uh, they're very prideful. The name San Antonio, like, like that's their city. So, nah, I, I, even if they lose, it's like, nah, mijo. And what, that, those my right there. Those are my things. Right? <laughs> so that's the N word in Spanish. So they're, they're, gonna, they're going to absolutely uh, support that. Too. So
4: I was going to say this real quick too is that I think that Jerry would block, it not only because of, because of San Antonio, but but because of Austin. Because in Austin, you're either lo- you're a Longhorns fan for college, and you're a Cowboys fan when it comes to the to the NFL. And if they, even if they put one in between Austin and San Antonio, he'd still be like, oh no, so- they have
2: every other city that. Jerry Jones is a gangster. He, I told a, you. He's a gangster. Like They have every other city outside of Houston on lock.
4: That's what I said the other day, Chris. I said, if if Kyle McNair said, okay, you know what? Fine. I don't want to be here anymore. And someone said, well, don't you have to have the approval of the owners? No. All you have to have is the approval of Jerry Jones. And if Jerry says, I want to be the only team in Texas,
3: Kyle. Well, I like what you uh, spot. AD Problem Solver said on Twitter. He said, Sean Jones is right. Move the te- have the McNairs move the Texans to San Antonio. The next Houston owner can get the Oilers logo back, start a expansion franchise, and start negotiating with the Texans on a trade for Deshaun Watson, and would keep Deshaun in Houston with the Houston mm.
2: Oilers. The, the McNair's don't want to give up owning a franchise,
3: and they also probably don't want to move to San Antonio. And but they're, roots, they're they like not Re- giving up the Oilers. They like name. River Oaks. <laughs> hey, we
2: have our—I forgot what it was called—where David Robinson lived. It's River Oaks here, Old Dominion. No, the Dominions. Like that's where all the old money lived out there. Quick time out. We see you out there in the trenches, only on Sports Talk seven (laughs) ninety. Welcome in, welcome back. One more segment to go before we call it a week. Hope you enjoy your Friday. The weather, nice. It's been nice out at uh. The game tonight. ovation I am. it be a little chilly, but I like a little chilly. If you're out there, tweet at me. Get at me, son.
4: Tweet at me. I should go out there just to jinx him.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, you're not. You're
2: not invited. Larry, what's going on, Larry Larry?
10: Hey, what's going on, Wendy? Hey, uh, before I get into it, man, I hope everybody have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Just in case I don't get uh, in next week or something, man, or if the Texans do something stupid and I don't decide to call or whatever. But a uh, couple things. Indy, before. We focus on San Antonio getting a major league baseball team and a football team. We might want to just start small and get some dudes that can cut hair down there. Black radio (laughs) station, Mickey Soul Food. We we take baby steps, man, and then you know they're blowing the scene because we know. Jerry ain't letting no team go down there, so y'all got to do something to advance the culture down there in San Antonio for the brothers, mate. You, you uh, know what?
2: I want to disagree with you, but there's a reason. Yeah, there's a reason why when I was in high school, uh-huh. every weekend we was on I-10 headed to MLK <laughs> to get our three T-shirts for ten dollars <laughs> with two short on the front of them. So now nah, you you're you right about that.
10: Look here, mate. I used to come I used to come home from school, mate, and come back with some from over there, at Kings uh, Fleet Market, mate. And go back towards San Antonio, Maine, and they—it they, was like they were seeing a seeing an asteroid with some of the music and the clothes and the stuff we was bringing back. Man, I was like, man, these boys down here get bad haircuts, don't know nothing about music, and they ain't been to the eight yet, so I understand why you and your boys was rolling. But hey, real quick, um, from that whole conference and you know the playoffs and stuff all you do is take the first the top 12 man and rank them like the uh the the basketball tournament do 12 play five or 12 play six and 11 play five and 10 play oh however you do it and then you just let them go out through three weeks or four weeks and then you get to a national champion because eventually it's going to go to that because the money is becoming too big that they're going to you're keeping people out of a, a process that people want to see sometimes you want to see Alabama play number 18 uh Jackson State with Deion Sanders sometimes you may want to see that to see how how they match up so you got they're going to eventually get to 12 I'm with Chris you don't tie in conferences because we think the AAC is no good and then somebody say that the ACC ain't no good since Clemson and fell off so it, it, it just goes in these cycles so you take the top 12 that you see in the polls and you let them play football and see how it play out. Um, also, Indy, look, um, I'm, I'm trying real hard not to not not to let the Texans ruin my weekend with this our quarterback, this clown, Driscoll, playing tight end stuff, man. But I, I honestly think the Texans are doing stuff now to actually just troll us and just make us think that's <laughs> it. That, that, because this is... This, a legitimate thing, right? You can't, you can't justify Jeff Driscoll playing tight end when you got Bevin Jordan and Aikens and 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 Acura and all these dudes over there. But you just gonna ask. So I think East should be them now. Are just trolling us with the with the Jeff Driscolls and the the, the McDowell being the head coach. They're they're, they're they're trolling us, man. Because if they're not, then they're basically telling us. They're not serious about anything over there on Kirby. So, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not going to even let my pressure get up over it because he can't even play damn quarterback. So, how the hell are he going to play tight end? So, anyway, I'm going to move on from that and just say to you brothers, man, just get out there, keep living your life, and enjoy what you're doing with your fans and all hall.
2: Appreciate it. Enjoy the
3: weekend. I saw a story. David Culley's going back to his home state. Are there any chances he stops back off at his old high school and peeps it out and says, hey, guys. Don't forget, still my dream job to end up here one day.
2: It's probably going to feel like a dream. When, when it's all said and done with <laughs> what he's gone through here, I, I feel for him at times because I don't even know what a quote-unquote great coach would do in this scenario.
4: You know, I don't feel, I used to feel really bad for David Culley, but you know why I don't anymore? Because <laughs> he has $4 million guaranteed? And he's allowing it to happen to him. Again, yeah. he knew what he was getting into. I don't. Th- I think he knew what he's getting into as far as franchise is concerned, but not being able to like not have no power.
3: Like He doesn't when, have anything. The minute he sat up there and spent ten minutes raving about the McNair's. Y'all ever met the McNair's? Oh, the McNair's are great. He lost me there. Yeah. That's what he told me. He was he was he was coming in with the just happy to be here attitude, and not I'm putting my foot down. And this we're building something under my watch here. You say that, but if you were offered the same deal, oh,
2: I would absolutely. And
3: Jack Easterby was like, "Hey, say this, that, or the other." You you would have said it. Well, I don't know the the millions, yes, but there's a certain point where pride takes over, and like, and 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 I'm a bit of a control freak at times. Like, I'd want to be in control. I ain't gonna listen to that. Happy ass dude, tell me what you, you to do. Say it at times, Corey, what's going on? See murder.
9: Hey, hey, it's a beautiful day in Cheese Kingdom, Andy. No, uh,
2: it n- no, it's not Corey because y'all going down, down, down. Man, what, okay. mo- what movie is that from? Down, down, down. I have no the clue. going down. That's I know, I think
9: you made that one up. In me
4: too. Down,
2: down, down. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead.
9: Can we, can, uh, so, so we we good on the Chiefs making the playoffs. I just want to get that out the way first. or Are we still back on they make they ain't making the playoffs? So I didn't know if that. You, that, you that know what? And th- this
2: can... isn't me talking trash because Andy Reid's my guy. I mean, he he's the best coach I've yeah, ever I, had. Yeah. But oh yeah. I, I, they dug a hole. <laughs> they dug a hole. Like I think this week's going to say a lot. If they beat the Cowboys, oh. I think they're in. If they lose, I'm skeptical.
9: Well. Like I said, the division is coming back. The Raiders came down to earth, as we saw. They were fraudulent. The Chargers are fraudulent. And Denver's Brown Jack are fraudulent, so I was never any worried about the division because I knew those teams weren't as good as they were and they came back to earth. But on this cowboys Chiefs game, it's going to be a close. This is a coin flip game. I thought, truthfully, this is a game even before the season that I could peg as an L. But, but, because of that win uh, going on the road Las Vegas Sunday night, I think was a big confidence builder. You kick Chris back inside. The pass rush is back. I don't think Dallas has seen the type of offensive speed. So we're going to see if Stephon Diggs is really this defensive player of the year because I don't know if he's going to be able to keep up with Tyrell Smith. It's going to be a close game. But at the end of the day, I'm going with better coach, better quarterback at home, KC thirty
4: four, Dallas thirty one. Is that a bet? Because nice. I'm a Cowboys fan, and I know that you didn't. You knew that, right? Calling up here like you trolling me now, right? Because there's no possible hold, hold way. On, get
2: off your high horse. A, a three point prediction in a Kansas City Cowboys game. It's not like he called and said Kansas City was going to beat him by two touchdowns. So, so he
4: brought up the he brought up the Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. Like first of all, the Raiders. You
2: know what? Hold on. Stop the presses. Thank you, Frost T. See. This is what I love about the show. People know my weird... One of your da- you want, no. This is actually a brother from another mother. That, uh, that down, 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 so-and-so's going down is from
3: Cable, cable Guy. Cable yeah, Guy, yeah. Red Knight going yeah. down.
2: Yeah. I didn't think anybody was going to get it. And the whole time, and I really like Corey's call, I wasn't even really listening because I was like, what movie is this from? Stop so, my great from, Dallas from Cowboys my brother tape. from another mother. Appreciate you. I know you Googled. I hope you didn't see it in Google because that would be scary. Chris? Mm-hmm. You found it in Google? Yeah. Just
4: by typing down, down, down? Movie quote, yeah. Good God. Cable go- guy. Google's Ooh. the devil. Uh, you know, what? you're right. Wait, hey, look, hold on. Wait till you get home and you go through your phone and you start seeing cable guy or cable stuff or this, that, <laughs> and other. Your phone's always listening. Hold on. Really think about
2: it. That's scary. That I'm thinking down, down, down is a movie line, and I know we're up against it. Ross Villarreal doesn't matter. Uh, doesn't mind. <laughs> He's the
8: man. He doesn't
2: <laughs> mind. Uh,
3: down, down... But for Google to know what I was talking about—that's yeah. scary. You, mis- you scary. You mispronounced "helpful." That's helpful because it helps. You only know times you have a brain fart on things, you, yes. you Google it. And it comes to you. But for them to know that, that's twenty curious. years ago. You have stuff. You used to uh, have to go. Well, I
4: have to call my friend and ask him. Right. I gotta say this real quick. Speaking of twenty years ago, twenty three years to the day, nd I have been a member of Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity incorporated at a preview a And M Gamma chapter fall ninety eight resurrection. Congratulations! All my lbs listened to. Don't know what the hell that meant, but congratulations! A And by fifty this weekend. Ooh. The Titans by twenty five. You know who a M's playing, right? I know they play in Prairie View. <laughs> I right, remember Corey.
2: You said he said by three. You took it personal. All right, God willing, same time, same place on Monday in the trenches. Only on Sports Talk seven ninety.